0: Alright, what's happening? Welcome in to College Football Tailgate. Just me again. Just me today. Will and Ryan, both out of town this week, but uh, they will both be back on Wednesday. So what we're going to do for today's recap show, uh, I'm going to go over the picks I gave last week. I gave out four total picks, ended up going 2-2, and and I do have some takeaways from, I think, five of the seven games played. Every Monday, I'm not exactly sure, or every Sunday, I should say, I'm not exactly sure what these shows are going to look like, right? When Will gets back, he may want to take this in a bit of a different direction. But the what I'm generally going to want to do in these shows is, is my upgrades and downgrades. What do I think of the performances? Um, obviously, throughout the week, we have to be altering our power ratings to get ready for next week's games. So I do have upgrades and downgrades for all the games I'm going to talk about today. But it's important to remember, I personally go through... Now, everyone does something different out there who does this professionally, right? But my system is the way I do things I do it like a two-tiered upgrade downgrade system every week the first is what I think of the games watching the games going through the box scores going through the numbers things like that like my personal because I think it's important right when you handicap these games when you come up with your final number for whatever a game should be it's not necessarily just a science. Otherwise, it would be a lot easier to do this. It's an art and a science. It's both. You need to have your own feel, your own touch, your own nuance on top of lots of math, in my opinion. So the first sort of wave of adjustments is what we're going to talk about today. What I thought of the games, my personal adjustments, and then I put everything through the computer by... I don't know, tonight, usually uh, Sunday night, maybe Monday night, in that time span, I'll have my new power ratings with everything incorporated, ready to go for next week. But today, we're recording this about uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, like, like what, what is it, 3.30 Mountain Time? So anyway, um, let's get to it. Uh, my picks last week were 2-2. Two and two. Let's start off with the losses, right? Let's start losses and then go wins. Our losses were Navy, plus 11 and a half first half, and I also gave out UTEP. Plus two. Now here's the thing: I gave out UTEP plus two on the Fourth of July pod. We talked about it several times leading up to this weekend. That closed UTEP minus three. It was a huge line move. All the money came in on on the miners, and uh, they lost. So outright uh, two losses there and then the two wins were San Diego State minus two and a half. Did we give it out two and a half or two? I forget what we gave it on the podcast, but it was either two and a half or two. I think it was maybe two and a half and then I gave out under 50 in that game as well. So I had two picks in the San Diego State Ohio game San Diego State minus the two and a half and under 50. Those were our two wins Uh, So let's go. I'm going to give I'm going to go through the four games that uh, or the three games we gave out for my picks and then a couple more just to wrap the show up. But let's start off with Notre Dame Navy, because that was the big highlight game of the weekend in Ireland. Um, Notre Dame minus 21 was the closing price there, and they ended up blowing that spread out of the water. I don't let's see. Final score here was got to pull these up real quick final score was come on now 42, three. Yeah. So not even close for the, for the over under or for the spread. I mean, um, Upgrades, downgrades. I am upgrading Notre Dame by about a point, and you may not think that's a lot, but I think it's pretty substantial because, look, Notre Dame didn't really look that far out of the realm of how we thought they should look. I expected Navy to score more points, maybe a slight upgrade you know, for, for the Notre Dame defense, which I would probably apply that to this game, but it's tough to evaluate for Navy based on what I saw. I think it's easier to evaluate Notre Dame in this game, right? Notre Dame looked like a 21-point pa- uh, favorite should look. Looked very smooth. Sam Hartman looked like he knew the offense. The defense was ready to go. I mean, you know, good on Sam Hart, or good on Marcus Freeman too. I had question marks about this trip. Could he handle it? And even though he's going up against a first-year head coach for Navy, so again, some question marks there. I thought that Marcus Freeman really handled the trip well, and I thought his team was ready to go. So I think maybe even a slight upgrade for Marcus Freeman, too. You have to consider that in the future. But overall, uh, that brings Notre Dame into my top 10 with that one-point upgrade, temporarily at least. And I believe they deserve that good performance. Like I mentioned, kind of tough to evaluate for Navy. I did downgrade them for, for a couple of reasons. Um, I thought the offense, they didn't look comfortable. I thought they would look much more comfortable in this sort of new look offense. And as the announcers were saying during the game, you know, they're still running the triple option just out of different sets. They brought the wing T into it. They brought some shotgun looks, but they didn't look ready to go. As a matter of of fact, I could tell it was going to be a long day when in the first half, the first quarter, I think, one of the first passing plays, I think. Uh, Navy—they had two guys run into each other, and obviously that's a clear error on the play caller, right? You, an offensive coordinator or a play designer, whoever came up with that play, you don't have two guys that close to one another on, on a passing play. It's play design, right? So either someone ran a route, or, or you know they weren't supposed to. Whatever happened there, you're going, oh, God, not a good start for this uh, this Navy offense. But either way, I downgraded Navy about two and a half points based on what I saw. Upgrade the fighting Irish, the Foyt Neutrish by one point. So let's move on to UTEP and Jacksonville State. UTEP ended up closing three. We talked about this, gave it out plus two. Major, major closing line value, but closing line value doesn't pay the bills. Jacksonville State gets the win 17-14 at home. And look, honestly, this game was frustrating to watch. And here's one thing that, that we have to remember when we're when we're evaluating this, the, our pick, our handicap in the game, those things. We have to remain as non-biased as possible, so we can watch the game. We can get frustrated watching the game, as I did, because I thought like, UTEP gave some chances away, which we'll talk about in a second. But at this point in the process, after the game's over, when we're doing our handicapping, or, or, or we're, we're sort of handicapping our handicapping, right? We're evaluating how our prediction process was and in that we're changing our power ratings we're changing our numbers so this is the part where you don't want to get be biased you want to let that go look at the game from a neutral point of view and I think that's one of my strengths actually during the game you know I think it's as long as you can get here in the process it's like who cares you can you know watch the game however you want to watch it but I thought it was frustrating personally and I mean you look at UTEP the way they the, the way they came out and looked against Jacksonville State it was honestly similar to how we thought it would go. We thought Jacksonville State may be able to run the football. It was going to be tough for them to throw it, which proved to be the case. UTEP threw the ball for 208 yards. Jacksonville State threw the ball for 97 yards. I mean, when you look at the total the total uh, uh, yards gained, UTEP outgained them uh, by about 100 yards total. I think Jacksonville State, when they come up against a team that can stop the run, they're going to be in real trouble. But overall, in terms of the Uh, upgrades, downgrades. I have no change for each team. Now, you may say, what the hell, Tyler? You had UTEP plus two. They closed minus three and lost outright. How do you not downgrade UTEP? I don't downgrade UTEP because honestly, when you look at how this game went, everything outside of turnovers went UTEP's way. 22-15 on first downs. I already mentioned they outgained it by 100 yards. You know, Look at the turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble to zero turnovers for Jacksonville State. And I think that what we have here is a team that you take those turnovers away and i know, let's talk about this for a second this is a really interesting uh, topic because turnovers are one of the most important things to evaluate and i believe that even by the average fan turnovers are not valued enough they're not looked at as being as important as they really are in game changing opportunities now there is a section of people i know it because i talk to 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 people my my my, my buddies say this other shows say this there's there's a section of people that says Wait a minute, don't we want to give Jacksonville State credit for getting those turnovers? Why do we just want to act like, oh yeah, take those away, ignore those turnovers, and and do the stats that way? Here's why we largely do that. We don't want to ignore every turnover, okay? but largely, what you find statistically is over the course of a game, season, couple seasons, 10 years, whatever, turnovers are random. Now obviously if you have a coach who's going to stress stripping the ball more, you know, every every time they're they're trying to strip the ball, that will lead to maybe 2 to 4 more touchdowns per year, not per game per year. Right? There's only 12 games per year. You may only get two more fumbles in a year if you stress it. It's not something that can be coached. It's not something that can be that, that can be predicted. It's very unpredictable. Who's gonna have turnovers, who's not. Look at USC's defense last year. Number one team in the country enforcing turnovers. Southern California, USC. Right? That's not gonna be repeated this year. I'd be surprised if they finish top fifty because it's a stat that goes it swings every year. It's so random. It's one of the things that that's very difficult to predict. And I know this because the the whole process of, of this, what we're doing is predicting games, predicting unknown information. Turnovers are largely random. Okay, This is not really argued in the data community. So what we know by that is, if there's a team that has three turnovers to zero in a game like this, That's not something where we generally want to praise Jacksonville State and say, well, good on them for getting three turnovers. We generally want to say, "Okay, bad luck for UTEP. Now, look, if UTEP comes out the next four games and throws a bunch of interceptions, then we'll want to change our mindset. But based on one game between UTEP, Jacksonville State, I'm not going to ignore decades of data. So I know that doesn't sit well with a lot of you in this process at this point in the process. But that's how we have to look at these things. Turnovers have to be evaluated that way. At this point in the process. So we do sort of want to say, take the turnovers away. What happens in that game? And what would happen is UTEP would have won going away. They lost the turnover battle 3-0, which is a huge, huge deal. So, And by the way, at the end of the game, UTEP still worked the ball down to to the red zone, had a chance to at least force overtime. What happened? Gavin Hardison, interception. So... Now, here's one thing before we move on from this. I know we spent a few minutes on UTEP Jacksonville State, the barn burner, but a few things to take away. And this can be applied to all different kinds of games. What we're talking about now is purely what we saw on the field. Intrinsic talent, intrinsic value, stats, numbers, those kind of things. What we still have to consider moving forward is the human aspect. And one example is in this situation, will UTEP's team morale be so negatively affected because they're now 0-1, lost to Jacksonville State in their first season in FBS football. Maybe it's going to be sour grapes in the UTEP locker room. Maybe they're going to play worse because of that. Who knows? We have to evaluate that, right? And, and the way we do that is pay attention to the team. Pay, pay attention to interviews. Look at what they're saying locally. That that matters because that could have an effect. There's always these residual things that the pure math people don't think about. And that's one thing is Morale going to change the way UTEP plays, that's something to be decided. But no change in my power ratings, at least from what I saw in my point of view from those two teams. All right, let's move on to a winner that we had, San Diego State and Ohio. The uh, Let's see, San Diego State uh, close minus three. So we had them on the show, minus two, two and a half, right around there. They closed minus three on game day, and this closed 47 for the over-under. So a ton of money came in on the under, which we gave out on the show at 50. So we got two wins this game last week, San Diego State and the under. In my overall evaluation, I'm upgrading San Diego State, just about a half point. And Ohio has a lot more question marks. Let's actually start with Ohio, because... Bad news for, for Ohio fans, uh, they lost their starting quarterback this game, uh, Curtis Rourke, who's a very, very good quarterback. He came back in his first game back from an ACL injury, and right? he hurt his ACL, worked his ass off to get back, and then just goes down the first game back. It's, it's, it's awful to see, you know, just as a football fan, you hate to see that stuff. So it's up in the air. We need news. We need to know what's going to happen with him. Right now, it's something like a four to five point downgrade, but we need to do some evaluation on the backup. You know, that that always matters it's not just how good is that player it's how good is it you know relative to his backup but we need to see need to see what the news is today tomorrow about Rourke do some work on the backup but overall not good news for Ohio now in terms of the actual game it seemed to me and I don't like to do this a lot I don't like to play coach a lot but it seemed to me that Ohio didn't attack the perceived weakest perceived I want to quote weakest part of the San Diego State defense which was their defensive line you know all offseason the focus has been San Diego State's defensive line can Brady Hoke coach them up because on paper that was a question mark the front seven specifically the defensive line and Ohio just came out throwing the football. They <laughs> passed it 51 times. Now, I know that may be their identity, but I believe you've got to change your approach in games like this. They stayed in the game. It was like it was 20-13. to 13. It's not like they got blown out because of this, but I thought it could have been much more of a game if they challenged San Diego State where San Diego State should be challenged. But look, maybe Ohio looked at their roster, their, their game plan, and said, we can't do that. That, that certainly is, is, a, is an option here. Overall, though, I thought, then no huge upgrade, downgrade, right? We, this is kind of went... This is probably one of the few games that went very similar to how we thought it would go, right? We had the favorite. We had the underdog. And generally, when you take both the favorite and the underdog, this is the kind of game you're going to get. So uh, no huge changes. San Diego State half-point upgrade. and Ohio, we need more news before we're uh, reacting to them, so... All right, two more games here to go through. Let's talk about San Diego State and USC. Uh, we just talked about all the picks, by the way. So those are all the games we had picks in. Remember, if you want to make these bets big free, check out BetUS.com. It's a great offshore sports book. They've got casinos, horse racing, uh, it's it's you can play a little blackjack at halftime while you're betting on sports. So check them out. Bet US. Put promo code tailgate in when you're signing up. That's going to get you access to all kinds of unique bonuses, promos, things like that. So that's BetUS.com. Promo code tailgate. Also want to thank Skillshare. If you're looking to learn how to do some of this math, what we do, the upgrades, downgrades, and, and if you don't really know where to start, a good place is basic math classes because that can be applied to all different kinds of things. In college football. And you can find that on Skillshare.com. You can also find photography classes, drawing classes, graphic design classes, cooking classes, everything you can really think of in terms of if you want to learn it, Skillshare's probably got it. So sign up today. Use promo code tailgate for a uh, a uh, discount off your first uh, purchase, especially I think if you get a year, it's 30% off your first year. So at Skillshare.com, promo code tailgate, start learning today. All right. Um, so no real upgrades or downgrades for either San Jose State or USC. And again, I think some people may say, what are you talking about here, right? Why would you not upgrade or downgrade either team? San Diego State came out and it was 14-7 at halftime or 21-14 at halftime, whatever it was. Everyone's freaking out. What's going on here? That's my first part of this whole reviewing this game. Everyone seems to do this every year in college football. And it seems to die down more the more we get in the season because everyone's used to it. But especially early on, weeks like zero through three, Everyone loses their shit at the end of the first quarter and at the end of halftime. I, I, I just don't get it. It's like we've never watched football before. Yes, USC was up 21-14 at halftime. Everyone on Twitter and Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok or whatever. I'm sure it was going on there too. It's like, USC, oh no. Oh, Sell your USC stock. It's like, calm the fuck down let's collectively breathe it's gonna be okay now look San San Jose State still covered the spread right they ended up losing by what 28 it was a 31 and a half 32 point spread so they covered by four points but this game went largely how we thought USC gave up some points gave up some touchdowns this is a not this is not an amazing defense we're dealing with with the Trojans and with San Jose State, we knew they were going to move the football. 3,000-yard rusher back. They had 600 yards on the ground last year. Good offense. A lot of returning pieces for San Jose State. This is what we thought would happen. Now, look, we didn't have the over, and I'm kind of kicking myself right now retroactively, right? Hindsight going back. It's like, we should have probably talked about this last week, how USC scores. We thought San Jose was uh, San Jose State was going to move the football. I feel like I should have seen the over. I didn't, whatever. But moving on, you know, USC looked fine no change. I don't think we downgrade them because they gave up points, gave up yards. We knew they were going to give up points and yards. They did this last year, no reason to think that just because they couldn't somehow come up with a four nothing turnover differential they're going to, you know, blow them out. They won by 28, spread was 32. So I I thought USC looked how we should have expected USC to look. Now we do have to watch their defense. I'm not willing to say USC is a true national title contender with the way this defense looks. They needed to make some offseason upgrades, and I don't know if they did. I don't want to take any away from San Jose State's offense, which is going to be a good offense in the Mountain West. But USC's got to worry about Pac-12 and then what could potentially await them after the Pac-12 if they go undefeated or make their way into the playoffs. So it was not a great look for a national title contending defense or team. But maybe USC is just in a spot this year where they want to win every game 65-55, to 55, and that's just how they're going to be. But overall, I thought that was the USC and San Jose State teams that we should have expected to see. And I thought San Jose State, if there is going to be an upgrade for this team, it's in the coaching side of things. They didn't hurt themselves at all. They did not beat themselves. you got to give them credit for that. On the road, week one, they didn't beat themselves. Only three penalties all game. No turnovers. Good game plan. But overall, no changes for either team this game. All right, let's wrap things up with Hawaii and Vanderbilt. This was a really interesting game. Vanderbilt came in here minus 17 and a half. And remember, last year Vanderbilt went to Hawaii, won what was that, 6310? I may be off of the score or something like that, but it was an ass open last year. So Hawaii now going to Vandy, Vandy the big, big favorite at home. Well, what ends up happening? Hawaii kind of hangs in there, I guess, for a little bit. Well, the final score was 35-28. Let's talk about this because I don't want to actually mislead by saying Hawaii hangs in there uh, for a little bit. They scored 14 points late. But overall, it was one of those weird games to where I never felt like, watching it, I never felt like Hawaii really was going to win. They never really had control. I never thought that was the case. But they kind of did what they wanted in the first half. They sort of found their momentum throughout the game. I mean, you look at the stats, Hawaii outgained Vandy by almost 100 yards. I mean, Hawaii had 351 passing yards compared to about 250 from Vandy, so offensively, against Vanderbilt's secondary specifically, I think Hawaii looks comfortable. And I think it's bad news for Vandy moving forward, but neither team could run the football. I mean, what a pathetic showing on the ground. Hawaii had 25 rushing attempts for 40 yards. Vanderbilt, not much better. 26 rushing attempts for 39 (laughs) yards. I mean, Hawaii, 1.6 yards per rush. Vandy, 1.5 yards per rush. It was not good on the ground. But both teams kind of did whatever they wanted to through the air. So watching the game, though... I never really felt like Hawaii was going to win. I mean, let's not forget, despite the final score of 35-28, Vandy was up 35-14 in the fourth. But my takeaway is, I was actually kind of impressed by Hawaii. I thought Hawaii, given the travel, the fact that they were plus 17 and a half, Vanderbilt is, at least perception-wise, getting better where it matters. But what I saw was a comfortable quarterback in in Brayden Shager for Hawaii doing really i mean i don't want to say what he wanted to they were three for 11 on third downs but that's not a good sign for this vanderbilt team almost three touchdown favorites at home and you get kind of torn up in the secondary and it wasn't all you know uh prevent late i mean hawaii scored one of those two fourth quarter touchdowns with i think 10 minutes to go so it was not two touchdowns in the last two minutes I think that that needs to be paid attention to. So look, overall, I was very impressed with Hawaii. So far, just based on my evaluations without looking at the computer yet, I'm upgrading Hawaii three points. Now that is a big upgrade. You could say, what are you talking about? They were down 35-17 in the fourth quarter. You're upgrading them by three points. I think they deserve it. And I think the changes from what we saw last year. Hawaii made mistakes last year. They were not a good team last year. But overall, I think it's fair because what we saw this game showed that this team could bounce back. They were resilient, good offense. I think the the game plan was good. And even though we've mentioned that 35-17 a lot, let's not paint the picture that Vanderbilt dominated all game and then Hawaii came back late. The the whole reason why I wanted to bring the 35-14 up is because we need to give Vanderbilt some credit. You know they did what they needed to to win, and you could say, yeah, they got out gain, they got out first down, they maybe cut out coach a little bit of the game, but they still won by seven and had a lead in the in the you know throughout the entire game. But I don't know. Walking away, it was interesting. So I'm upgrading Hawaii three points. I think that's very fair. And the computer, you know, what's great about this is my computer may bring me back to reality. And if it says no, 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 we're not going to do that, then I'll make the adjustments. If you want access to my power ratings. Uh, We have a Patreon, five bucks a month. And what I think I'm going to do, I haven't run this by Will yet. I think a couple times a year, I'm just going to put out all the power ratings. Because last week we did the top 50. I just think it's it's something I'm going to consider, you know, putting out all 131 teams or however many there are at least a couple times a year so those on patreon kind of have those and and you can do what you know what you want there so stay tuned this wednesday we're going to kind of go over that i have to think about that this week but either way hope you enjoyed uh, today's uh, recap show and uh yeah we'll talk to you on wednesday right here on college ball tailgate